McMaster has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. Every day in the alumni office at MAC is different. One of the most special experiences I've had over my 20 years working at MAC is one I shared with our guest today, Amanda Weldon. I'm very excited to catch up with Amanda, discover what she's done after our Scottish cooking show dinner party experience, as she has developed her talent for design, personal branding, and community engagement. Based on our dinner party, I should have known Amanda would end up on the Weather Network as a presenter and the in-game host for the Toronto Marlies, but that is just the beginning of Amanda's unconventional journey. So I'm going to I'm going to divulge to people who are listening to the podcast today that Amanda and I have a very interesting um, experience that we shared together. So many times when I interview people for the podcast, I am meeting them for the first time, but not with Amanda. Amanda and I once had dinner made from us. Do you remember this? Oh, because so this yes. was yeah, this was oh Patrick Dean was president at the university. So a company, a, a production company from Scotland reached out to us that they were coming to Canada and they uh, like to, it's around Ulster, people of Ulster background who actually the Senator McMaster has an Ulster background. So they reached out to us and said, is there any living res, you know, people from the Senator's family? It's like, unfortunately, no, or whatever. So because of that, Amanda was able to come to the dinner and uh, <laughs> Patrick Bean and Melon, Melon, Marilyn Hockrig and myself. And so we were uh, feted and ate a lovely meal at the, at the former president's residence, my office alumni house by these two fantastic chefs from Scotland. So that was a interesting experience. And uh, here we are. <laughs> well, I gotta say they were so entertaining and I, I'm kind of upset that we didn't plan that we would have snacks over this podcast, but I guess people who have misophonia are very happy that we did not do that, yeah. but we were well lit, we were well fed, and the entertainment was incredible, but I'm so excited to catch up with you because we were just chatting off recording. It has been a minute. It has been. It has been, and you've had such an interesting career since uh we had dinner together and you were just leaving the university then and heading off into you know what you were going to do next um and i i had to sit down and look at what you've done because the other day i was thinking how come i don't see amanda on the weather network anymore now i don't have cable anymore <laughs> but i don't see amanda on the weather network anymore so why don't we just talk a little bit about your journey past uh, after graduation so what was your first job after you left mac and you were heading out into the new world well, hilariously enough, yeah, so that's, we didn't even bury the lead, and I love that so much, going yeah. straight to the Weather Network, but after graduating McMaster, I actually just hopped right back in the McMaster pool and decided to be one of the managers for the MSU, so the McMaster Student Union, as you guys know, for the underground, and that was such a really interesting year to try to figure out what I wanted to do, because I'm a science grad, and I just didn't picture myself behind a lab bench. And I just didn't know what that would look like. However, 
again, I won't bury the lead. Everything that you do in life when it comes to education or learning or networking, it all comes back full circle. And it most certainly did in, in my experience. Now, working at the underground, it was amazing to be exposed to design and building websites, but also talking to, you know, other designers and, and just inquiring and getting that fill of the creative side of me that had been absolutely kind of boxed away because when you write a science paper, it's so much different than when you're writing a blog or an article or an op-ed. So after that experience, I ended up going to Sheridan. So I got the experience at Mac where I just was starting to learn who I was, what I was interested, how I learn, and all of those incredible experiences that you get learning who you are in university. And then I went to college and I got some more hands-on experience, which was a little bit of a different curve in learning. And I went for journalism, new media, and at McMaster, I took science. So quite a different change. We, we say often in our household, it was beakers to speakers. She was on her way and I um, started learning quite a few things. I auditioned to be the tie Cats in Arena host. I, I didn't get that, but however, down the line, I just learned that networking was one of the most important things that you could ever do in any career ever. You never know who you're going to meet and you just have to have an open heart to opportunities. And I ended up meeting, I was at the time at, in journalism school, I was really gearing towards sports journalism. And I ended up meeting one of the producers for Hockey Night in Canada. His name's Taylor Schold. And if you are in journalism currently and you are curious about the world of it and, and opportunities that are out there, I highly recommend joining a Facebook group called the Schold Media Group, the S-H-O-L-D Media Group on Facebook. He always posts really amazing opportunities. We hit it off and I was telling him my dream actually one day would be on a morning show. Um, I just feel like that really suits my personality. And I ended up having him, without me even knowing, send my YouTube channel to the Toronto Maple Leafs because they were currently doing a casting call for the in arena host of the Toronto Maple Leafs as well as the Toronto Marlies, which are the little brother of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the AHL. And without me even knowing and creating my own content and starting to put myself online within that year that I had just graduated with McMaster, I had Brendan Shanahan, president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, watching my YouTube video on how to plan a pool party in the ACC boardroom at the time, now Scotiabank. And that led to the opportunity to audition for the Toronto Marlies because they just said, hey, we like your personality. Let's bring her in for an audition. I landed that. And then I ended up meeting the producer of the Weather Network while working at the Marlies. That was the most amazing experience. He asked me, hey, Amanda, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And I said, wow, John, that's a loaded question. Who really knows? And then I ended up getting to audition for the Weather Network. So, I mean... There are so many little bursts of energy in between all of these little cracks and crevices, but that's basically how I landed at a national network. My goal, my, for my 10 year plan in just three years. Well, that's quite the uh, amazing sort of uh, journey from graduation to the Weather Network, which I kind of let out the bag. She she was on the Weather Network for a while. I'm like, oh, I, I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm sure people like Amanda, you said it was going to be sunny and it rained today. But before that, let's go back to like <laughs> the bane, the bane. Yes. So you were, you know, you're a very extroverted person. I think people can tell that through the the discussion we've had so far. So, you know, I think for me, it's interesting. Did you feel like when you talk about that, you sort of got this creative or you learned you had this creative in bit inside you do you think that you know you were really probably active in high school that you felt you had to 
go along science and you just really didn't think, oh, maybe that's not kind of the job I could have? Or did that have anything to do that you kind of put it off to the side and then it kind of erupted? I think that's a great question. And I've never been asked this question. And this is how I know you're in education. (laughs) Because choosing that career path when you are in your final year of high school, it's impossible. And I think that that's one thing that I really want to get across to anyone listening who's maybe approaching a secondary education. You don't have to have it figured out. And when you graduate, you don't have to have it figured out and paths can change. And the, the main goal of university is to learn who you are now in this world, making decisions outside of your household in many cases, if you're, if you're living outside of your household and how you learn. And I, I agree with that statement in that I definitely did think science was just kind of the route to go. I mean, another door opening stream, you would say, as if you were going into business. I honestly think I probably should have gone into business or communications, obviously, with what I ended up and have now started to do. But I just kind of was in the sports world, was thinking, oh, maybe medicine, maybe more kinesiology. I'll dip my toe in both strands of science. And I really love environmental science. And I was playing volleyball at the time as well. So I played on the varsity team at McMaster. It was one of the greatest joys. And it just kind of, you're just trying to make all these decisions. And once you get into a program, then you can really start checking those boxes. And science just seemed to be the way that I was kind of always grooming my way to go, even in high school. So when you took on these two roles, like with the Marleys, and then, you know, your on-air presence on the Weather Network, did you... Were you surprised you liked it so much? Well, do you know what? My, one of my biggest life path pieces of advice is if you see someone doing something and you feel that little ping of envy, ooh, what's that? You got to listen to that voice. I call that my North Star. So a fellow um, university graduate, you probably, a lot of you know the name. Lindsay Hamilton, who is now working in sports. She's also from McMaster. She also worked at CFMU. She was in communications. Lindsay and I um, connected. And when I was wondering about this whole, what's this world all about? Because Lindsay has an amazing background as well. She actually was on the family channel when she was a kid. How cool. Um, I connected with her and I just said, hey, Lindsay, I really need to chat to you. Can we go for a coffee? What's this whole world about? And she just started to kind of tell me about how she started ending up getting gigs or opportunities. And instead of letting that envy or that ping of some may call it jealousy, but instead of letting that eat you inside, use that as your North star to figure out what direction you want to go into. It's obviously something you're interested in. And instead of putting, especially women, okay, instead of putting people on a pedestal and thinking they're your competition, we are all out here trying to create community And we are ready to give all the advice to you now that I'm currently in this role. And Lindsay did that for me. And so just kind of carving out that path to get into journalism from science, I just followed that North Star. So let's go to your experience at the Weather Network. So you were were there for for quite a while on as an on-air personality so but you didn't have regular hours so you were I, I imagine that you took some of that opportunity because you weren't like in a traditional nine to five job that you could explore some more things you were interested in and so do you think doing that kind of job allowed you to kind of do what you're doing now and we can talk a little bit about what you're doing now but you know was it was it that that you were able like okay I think I have a little bit more time or I want to explore some some other interesting things that would make me my creative self very happy. 
Yeah, the creative himself is like now so, so happy. So let's talk about those unconventional hours because you see someone smiling at you while you're buttering your toast and, you know, boiling your tea in the morning. And you think, oh, that's great. Starting the day with a smile. Well, they got up at around 2.30 a.m. Um, specifically for the Weather Network because we, we go national across the country. So we're also saying hello to the Atlantic, which wakes up a little bit earlier than we do in Ontario. And then when I was really talking about unconventional hours, for a point there, I would fill in all over the place. So for that morning show, the midday show, the evening show. And for me at the Toronto Marlies, we would have games sometimes. You show up at the rink two hours early to the actual showtime full puck drop. And so I would be there until 7 p.m., do the game all day long. And then I would drive to my shift at the weather network that started at 8 PM and work till 1 AM. And so when you can kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone of a nine to five, which has never really suited who I am as a person and wanting to dip my toes in so many different things. Um, bless my mother for driving me to every sport and every club event ever. This has been a thing for me since high school. I think it did really allow my set. Uh, I think it did really allow me to, see that there are so many things that lie outside of a conventional path. And as this podcast really speaks to breaking that mold of the conventional path, I challenge you to join one extra thing or set up a meeting with one extra person or just see what else might be out there for you because you truly just never know what will be the next stepping stone, even if it doesn't seem like it's going to be the thing that provides you with most value. So the creative side of me, very, very happy, but I am also so happy that my alarm clock doesn't go off at 2.30 a.m. anymore. <laughs> yes, that's pretty darn early. People always forget about it. It's like, you know, you turn it on, it's like, oh, you're there first thing in the morning. And we don't really think about how early you had to get to work to do that. So I think one thing that that makes folks nervous or they're, or maybe that they think they're, it might be time to change a job or do something different. And then there's that hesitation, like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, you know, I like the people I work with, you know, the job's good. You know, am I as passionate as I was for it when I first started? Maybe not. So how did you kind of get that moment of like, I think it's time to, to try something new or to move on? So this is probably one of the hardest things. It felt like breaking up with a boyfriend or a long-term relationship, especially when it had been your dream job. When you think of your dream job, it's obviously different for everyone, but being on a national show, being on television was most certainly my dream job. But now we look at the landscape of media and I don't want to get too much into the politics of it and everything, but we most recently saw one of our most beloved broadcasters, a woman be laid off without excuse and as well be told she's not allowed to give her final address after being given an award for being literally the pro most prolific broadcaster in Canada. And I, I can lay that all out for you. You know exactly who I'm talking about. And when, when you think about working for someone else, there are so many benefits to it. The, sec the security, I put a huge asterisk on that after working in broadcasting and just seeing the landscape change so much. You think about the hours, you think about the benefits and all of these things, but there are a lot of things you can't control. And in many jobs, you are working for someone else's dream. So even if you are comfortable working for someone else, which is such an amazing thing to do, obviously being a part of a team and growing a business and growing a goal and maybe adding to your community, I always, my biggest advice to anyone is always have something that you own too.
And the moment that I really started to build my brand, which is either under Amanda Weldon or my blog name that I started to apply to journalism school that now is my jumping off point, which is such a hilarious career sandwich um, called Below the Blonde. I just reached this one point where, you know, it was kind of equal and I would file a story realizing that I kind of put a little bow on it and then passed it off. And then it was just gone from me and being able to grow my own brand and own it is just the most amazing feeling. So jumping off from the quote unquote dream job was extremely difficult, but I think that we all have to accept sometimes that whether it be a relationship, a career, a city, sometimes our dreams can change and sometimes they can be completed and the box can truly be checked and it's your life to live. You're the leader of your own destiny. So you've just got to decide where do I want my life to go and, and do I want to be an enthusiastic yes about my daily activities. So do you like, so how, how do you like being actually the, you know, the boss, the owner, everything that makes sort of making the decisions? How, how is, how's that been for you? So that's something that I would definitely say a lot of people would say, oh, no, no, no. Like I love working for someone else because I get to check out and then there I am off on the weekend with my dog and my partner or whatever. And I got to say, my eyes sometimes open at the same time my computer does and they shut at the same time my computer closes at night. I would say it's definitely a learning process and it's something that you grow with. Any entrepreneur really learns this. And when someone asks me as well, oh, what are you doing now? Like, what's your job description? which I also have a few qualms with. I feel like actually, do you know what? I want to get your opinion on this. Sure. Instead of asking someone, what do you do for a living when you first meet them? How do you feel about the question? What are you passionate about? Oh, that's a good question because it's like, I'd have to think about that. Yeah. And maybe that would speak more to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to like, oh, that's a really good question. I'd have to well, I mean, I still love my job. I think I've been very lucky, right? So I found I never would have thought it was my dream job because I didn't think that who who thinks they're going to graduate and become alumni director. I'm a history grad and I did all kinds of different things or whatever. And then I ended up in here at Mac back at Mac working the alumni office. And I was like, I really like this place. And I am passionate. I'm passionate about McMaster and I'm passionate about education and I'm passionate about people keeping connected and the students and it every day is a new day. So if someone's to ask me that I'd have to say, I'd have to think about it for a second, but I think that's what I'd answer. But I think many people would have a hard time answering that. And not sure what they yeah. should do that because they might be passionate about dogs, but they're, you know, they're a firefighter. Like who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. You might learn something extra yeah. deep about that person or have a really a spark of conversation. Yeah. But I would say when I wake up as an entrepreneur, it definitely is harder at the moment. You, you're every day is different, which I love, but it, it's like, you're still working for someone else at some moments when you're, you know, trying to make an income and all of these different things. And then you're growing little side profiles on the side. What I find really interesting from my own standpoint is because you never know what the future will hold, there is so much possibility. I also think that different personalities suit these different kind of categories in life, but it's getting easier. And to answer a question that would be, oh, what are you doing now? I would say it would be very difficult for me to put myself in a box. Whereas before I could say, Oh, I'm an online broadcaster for the weather network. Whereas now it's, I'm a content creator, a photographer. I do admin, I do videography, I do a podcast, all of these different things. I just don't know what box I fit in anymore. And maybe that would be one of the most difficult things to explain to anyone in this modern age. Yeah, absolutely. So 
you're okay. So you're, you're an entrepreneur now you're, you're the great, you know, you're doing all this kind of amazing things. So if I was to say, okay, Amanda, where are you going to be in three years? What do you think the answer would be? I think I would hope to grow what I'm doing right now. The jump off point would be to completely be working for myself and to expand into the brands that I want to work for. So when we speak to what I'm doing right now, um, just because I didn't explain it super well right off the top, when I'm talking about content creation, I'm talking about building out campaigns. So my little other piece of envy when I was growing up, do you remember that movie, What Women Want? Yep. Mel Gibson in it, of course, we know him, but Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt is who I was looking at coveting she is in that boardroom she's pitching the nike she's talking about women doing the brand and i just remember watching that movie growing up and thinking wow that is so cool and now every day i get to do things like that but i get to do it in my kitchen and i get to you know surprise and delight brands with what i'm able to come up with and when i talk about brands i'm talking about big companies like Air Canada, I'm talking about Starbucks, I'm talking about Ford and all of these different, you know, places that you could go in your career. So when I say about, when I think about the next three years, I'm almost kind of trying to think about the brands that I want to work with, the messaging behind their brand, the content that I want to put out, the way I want to show up online in a positive way to add to this space, not just to continue to feed the machine. And when I really think now, because I am in an entrepreneurial side of things, also working with a part-time job with my very good friend and mentor, Frankie Farragine, Frankie Flowers of Breakfast Television, I think about building his business. But then on the other side of things, I also think about my home life much more. And I think about growing with my fiance, Scotty, and getting married and, you know, renovating this house. And I just feel when I see three years ahead of me, it's not just the work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's different, right? Because when you're starting your, your career, it's oftentimes like, I got to get this on the go and to focus on work. But for you now, it's kind of like you're kind of melding both. So how does, how has the pandemic impacted your, your journey? That's been so interesting. Brands actually really pulled back because the first thing that gets cut when you talk about budgets is normally marketing and anything they pulled back a lot and then now they're just going full force. I think you can see this across many platforms as they're growing. TikTok, for example, YouTube, Pinterest is doing a lot in their creator fund. For the pandemic specifically, it was re-navigating how this all works. But the fact that you can really do this work outside of the pandemic is pretty amazing. You can do it on your own. But one of the things that the pandemic did for me was it allowed me to see what I really wanted out of life. And during the pandemic is when I stepped down from my post at the Weather Network. Now things were also changing in the company. They were they were reconfiguring different things and the roles that on-air people were moving into kind of just changed a touch. And I loved that job so, so much. But the pandemic really showed me what I would like for my future life and the flexibility I would like to see. Yeah. So, um you talked a little bit about your, your career. Um, and I think I have this right as I'm looking down on my notes, the digital Swiss army knife, your career is like a digital Swiss army knife. Is that correct? Yes. I don't 100% say that. Yeah. So, um, if, if, if someone was graduating and came up and said, okay, to you, okay, what's a digital Swiss army uh, knife? How would you answer that question? 
I would say it's someone who knows how to do it all or figure out how to get it done online. So when I was talking to you about photography, videography, editing, um, being behind and in front of the camera, writing, producing, web content, it is all of these things. Even going through the landscape of media, it's hilarious because things have changed so much. And as they continue to kind of shrink the roles, you have to continue to adopt some of the roles. So at one point, producers kind of got pushed out and then you're kind of helping to produce the show, for example. So a digital Swiss army knife in anything, I would say is how can I kind of bleed into all of the roles around so I can be held responsible. Now I've got to say here, and the one thing that now moving forward, what I need to do is almost put that that pride down. And as I grow my business, and probably a lot of you can attest to this as well. Now it's okay, how can I now offload some of these jobs? Because the first thing you have to do almost is learn how to do everything. And then the next thing you have to learn is how to trust someone else to do it. So you can focus on what's important. Is there anything you're working on right now that is just like so super excited? And you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Well, if you can share it, you might not be able to share it, but maybe may just a tidbit or two. That is always the annoying part about following a content creator or a blogger online. Cause they're like, I've got an exciting project and I can't tell you about it. Um, there are some of those. I will say there are some um, clients that I'm working with that I'm just so over the moon. I just can't believe that I get to work with these companies. So there are a few of those. Some bigger ones that I've been doing is I just really want to have a main hub that will be mine. And AmandaWeldon.com, I managed to get that URL, which is very lucky because surprisingly, there are a lot of Amanda Weldons in the world. <laughs> so I have almost launched a brand new website, which will be an amazing hub for that. And I plan to bring back We Did It podcast, which is my podcast um, in the fall. So that will be amazing. Excellent. So if you were to go back and give a piece of advice to your first year, first year, Amanda Weldon, what do you, what piece of advice do you think you'd share with her? I would share with her my life mantra that I learned along the way after graduating. And that is make your own momentum. So <laughs> you just can't control anything in life sometimes. And Scotty was sharing, Scotty's my partner. He was sharing with me this one quote, he was saying, oh, you should share this one quote. It's so good that plans are useless and planning is everything. It's an Eisenhower quote. And if, if there's anything that we learned from the pandemic, it's, oh my goodness, you just can't plan for anything, but you can have little backups. And, and I loved it because it just so easily fit with my mantra, which is make your own momentum. And that is because when I graduated, I started to build my online presence. And the only reason why I did that is create a blog and everything like this was to apply to journalism school. And then as soon as I got in, I was thinking, okay, great. Then I'll maybe stop that or post maybe once a month or whatever. And the truth is the moment you can start owning something that's yours or the moment that you start putting something out as woo woo, as someone may believe this sounds out into the universe and telling, telling people what you want, the moment things are going to start to present themselves. So my biggest advice to myself graduating and anyone graduating is have something that's yours that you can own, whether that be, it doesn't even have to be a monetized thing, though it is hard not to monetize a passion when you're really doing it on the side, but it's to start making your own momentum. And that means networking. That means creating something you can show for yourself. That's yours that a company doesn't own. Or even if you are working and doing projects at Mac, for example, 
how can you take those projects and then almost adapt them to build a portfolio in whatever job you're going towards? It's always working a little bit smarter versus always harder. So I would think that people would would assume based on your, you know, what you're doing and your personality that networking is easy for you. Mm -hmm. But was it like, did you have to, did you have to learn and screw up the courage to do that? Because sometimes people are like, oh, you know, network, network. And, and, and for a lot of people, they're just like, okay, how do I do that? How do I get the confidence in myself that someone does want to hear from me or would, I would, be, would open up to, to, for me to have a conversation with them? So was it easy or was it hard or, or, or what tips did you learn to, to do that? My tip is everyone's just trying their best and no one knows what they're doing. So when you walk into a room, especially a blogger event, if you've never been before, it will just be all these people standing there and all you're thinking to yourself, probably the the same feeling it feels like when you walk into a classroom for the first time at Mac and there's 300 students sitting there, you're thinking, oh my God, everyone knows everyone and I know no one. I am Lindsay Lohan sitting in the bathroom in Mean Girls with my lunch tray. And what I flip it on its head is if I have any office fans out there and you know Dwight Schrute and he has his pump up before he goes for his sale call in the car, you have to pump yourself up. And there are many times where I don't feel extroverted, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to almost play a character. So you tell yourself, this is the character I'm going to play. And these are the questions I'm going to ask. So I always kind of prepare, you know, people love talking about themselves. So what questions can I ask when I walk up to a table and walking up confidently with your shoulders squared? Cause that's the character that you're going to play tonight is definitely going to contribute to you having the confidence, but an interesting tip that I would say that is going to just make all of my introverts cringe. And I'm so, so sorry, but when you're going to a networking event, go alone. I bet there's a lot of people that would say, Oh, that's horrible advice you don't have any safety blanket but that's the point my friend you have no safety blanket and you you really should try to go alone and if you are absolutely terrified of doing any of this I say you need to take a solo trip because you need to be able to wake up and decide what you would like to do in the day but if you go alone you have absolutely no one to worry about but yourself and you can compose yourself and just practice talking to people I think that's a really good tip all right. So let's go back as we sort of wrap up our conversation today. Let's do some rapid fire questions. So what this may be a very difficult for one for you, but I'm going to ask you anyways, what's your favorite memory from McMaster? Oh, probably, probably our last year with volleyball when we won. That was pretty iconic. Do you still keep in touch with a lot of the, the people that you played with? Yeah, I still play volleyball sometimes on uh, Monday nights in the winter in the women's league, and I feel really bad for their moms on the side of the <laughs> other side of the net. But no holds barred; we, these girls still have it. <laughs> yep, excellent. Um, what book or podcast are you listening to? What book are you reading, or what podcast are you listening to that you'd recommend to people? My favorite book has been Anxious People. I highly recommend it. It's just such a beautiful story. If you want to kind of get outside of your regular life and read a story where you have no idea where it's going. And it's absolutely lovely. And the podcasts that I am always binging is office ladies, because I love the office, as you can already tell with that Dwight Schrute reference. And I love armchair expert as well. That one's been a fun one to listen to. So what's your best or most recent purchase? 
Ooh, this is a good one. Can I say one that I really want to purchase? Sure. The one on my wish list? Sure. It's a saw. Because, so I want to get a miter saw. Okay. I, I want to be a DIY, DIY queen. And uh, Scotty and I, actually, no, you know what? I should say our best and most recent purchase is the new house that we just purchased. There you go. <laughs> which you'll need, which you can then use the saw to do stuff in the house. <laughs> it's all in the same ethos. It's all in the same ethos. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that the bit buying a house is a bit scary. So how, how, how was that for you guys? Like, okay. Like, ah, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so terrifying. And what's hilarious about buying a house process is we were also selling our, our uh, condo space. So when you're selling, you feel, oh, I have no control because you're waiting for bidders. So when you, oh wait, no, what was it? So when you are buying a house, you feel like you have no control because the market that we were buying yeah. in was crazy. So when you're selling, you think you are going to have control and it's just not true. So no. honestly, it'll happen when it happens. Good luck to everyone out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've, you've talked a little bit about your personal motto, but like, you know, is what you've talked about already, your per like you already have a personal motto is there, or something you're aspiring to? I would say in mentioning make your own momentum is definitely my personal motto, but the second one would be more of something that I say to myself every morning and that's get out of your own way. Mm. Oftentimes we're the only ones that are holding ourselves back and we just kind of think that the whole world is, but it's just, it's just really the way that we're setting up our day. So I'm not sure if you've been able to travel much during the pandemic. Many people have not. So what's your next, like, where do you want Like, have you been on a plane lately or where would you like to go? So I just traveled to Alberta. I had a little solo trip to Canmore and then I met up with one of my best friends that I met at McMaster University. It's a place where you meet best friends, Russell Wilson, who also played on the men's volleyball team when I was there. It was amazing. And the next trip we have planned, Scotty and I are going to London at the end of October and November, and we're going to take a little trip to Paris as well. Oh, very nice. Very nice. It's, it's, it's nice to think that you can actually get back on a plane and go traveling, which is still kind of strange for, and I swear almost everybody I know has gotten on a plane or is about to get up on a plane before the end of the year. It's so true. I'm not going to lie. When I was on the tram or when I was on the little transfer to go into the mountains, I did have a tear shed just because I was so yeah. grateful for this all being back and, and all of our work and all of the healthcare workers out there and first responders. So, so grateful to you. Yeah, it's been quite a quite a different two years if we would have thought about that back when, um, you know, the NBA shot shut down. It's like, OK, what's going on? And next thing you know, everybody's at home. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, how do, you do, you, do you like working at home? Yes, I would say I love working from home, but I get a lot of inspiration when I'm out in the world. So I definitely in that kind of get out of your own way. Sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all the work that I have to do here at my computer, I will take a little walk and get out and about makes up the routine, but working from home is amazing. We just got a mini golden doodle Rosie and it's pretty awesome being able to take her for little walks in the middle of the day. Yeah, it, that does. It does allow us all a moment of like, yes, I can do that. I'm actually at home. So it's not so it's, it's been, it's been very good for, I think for lots of folks. Yeah. So, yeah. So this has been wonderful to catch up. It's been such a long time. I mean, I, I've seen you on my TV screen, but now I get to have a chat with you today. And, and uh, it's really been interesting to watch what an interesting journey and unconventional journey you have had since you know life sciences and a volleyball player and now look at you you're uh, you're on the next wave of a media media mogul I think. <laughs> um, well that's what I see in three years it's like oh I knew I can say I knew her when so uh, it's 
Yeah, it's been really great. And it's also been, I just want to thank you as well for always answering the call when we say, Amanda, can you do something for Mac? And you always say yes. And um, that's really great as well. So we wish you nothing but the best of success as you continue on your very, very interesting journey. Well, thank you so much for having me, Karen. And to everyone who is trying to seek their own path, it's okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. <laughs>